You said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screens, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. So Tim, yes. I, I feel like I have to say Merry Christmas, oh, pretty even much. though it's yeah. a little early, but it's, it'll already be like New Year's by the next time we record. That is true. That is true, man. And I'm pretty excited. Today was like my last day of the year working, so uh, I get like six work days off in a row here which I'm just super excited. So I got two weekends in between. So, but the problem is like, I, I get this huge list of things that has just like been piling up that I need to do. Like I, I'm changing out the brakes and the front rear brakes for my wife's car. So I got to be doing that. Um, I'm changing out a water pump on my washing machine. Uh, so that's something I got to do. I'm changing out the igniter, the burner assembly and a gas valve on my hot water heater in my house. <laughs> I'm sighing because it's like, yep, done that. Yep, yep. I've done that before. Yep. I know that feeling. Yeah. So it's like all this stuff. It's like, you know, it's I still have hot water, but sometimes it doesn't kick on my washing machine will still work but sometimes it just stops mm. once in a while so it's like these things are still running so i'm just like i'm in like limpa mode right now just letting these things kind of get to where i have time so i got time now starting tomorrow so i'm gonna start working on some of that stuff yeah well we've been we've been dealing with the macaroni art a christmas present a, the the ones where because we're two teachers we don't have a lot of money so we like to make things uh for presents especially for grandmothers and grandfathers who don't want anything so it's really hard to go and buy something for them yeah so when you have two grandchildren and it's like, you do something cutesy with the grandchildren and they just love it. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I was kind of thinking about that. I need to do that. I'm going to do that tomorrow with my kids. Have them go take it over to my parents. We, we uh, my wife has been spearheading this, but we've spent two days on a, on a very intensive uh, macaroni art project, as we like to call it. But it's, we're, we're doing two of them. So everything we do, we have to do in, in, in duplicate, which has made it go on even longer. But the best part is, is that then it's something that they would just, absolutely love and it just you know it costs you paint and paper and ink and and stuff like that and you know and then you have a little keepsake that they're gonna love so it's it's really nice when you do these kind of things for christmas yeah that's awesome so scott like one thing that was kind of cool tonight uh so since you know with our patreon feed we're reviewing every comic book film of all time and so the next one we're doing is actually batman 66 and i don't know if you're gonna be a part of that one or not are you gonna be part of that review Uh, it depends on when it is i mean i I would be willing to be a part of it because i own it and i and i I enjoy parts of it, yeah. <laughs> but but I was on Superman the moment, so I have no room to talk. Yeah, you have no room to talk. Well, anyway, so like uh, Jamie has never seen the film, and so really, you're kidding me? No, she's never seen it, and so I threw it on tonight, you know, before we were recording, and I put it on, and so she was just she was watching with me, and we got to the part with the whole shark and the shark repellent <laughs> spray and all that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was laughing so hard at the whole thing, like she was really enjoying the whole entire satire part of this. <laughs> so so anyway, so I'm kind of like after kind of watching a little bit of that, I'm like. Oh, I'm looking forward to this review. All I know is that the next time that she upsets you, just threaten to demoisturize her and we'll know what happens. 
<laughs> she hasn't seen that part yet. <laughs> what? You didn't even finish the movie? Well, no, because we came down here to record. What's the matter with you? Oh, well. Yeah. So that's available to patrons to our patron page. So like a $5 a month and more, you get that. And we've done three films at this point. Uh, we just finished off Mystery Men. Uh, so that's now posted up there on the Patreon page. But anyway, let's uh, let's get on with the show here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the network, Scott? Well, of course, we have Fans Without Borders with uh, Brent and Ray, where they talk about uh, really anything geek related. Their latest episode was a review of Star Wars The Last Jedi, which um, I just saw this week and am a little conflicted about. So, <laughs> and I, so I haven't listened to their review yet. Uh, and I think they're about to take a little holiday hiatus for a week or two. I don't know. I've I've been trying to follow that. Uh, they also do DC TV Squadcast, which is on hiatus until the shows come back in January. And then we also have DC Comic Squad Test, where Chris and Jordan are talking about all kinds of comic book stuff that I don't know because I don't have time to read them. I'm <laughs> hoping over this holiday, I gotta get back on metal. I gotta I gotta read Doomsday Clock. I just so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm, this is that's part of what I'm gonna do is get caught up a little bit. You know, this break as well. Uh, so guys, uh, if you feel like we deserve it, leave us a positive written review on iTunes, and you'll be automatically entered into our DC Trade Paperback giveaway. And we got five reviews this past week, Scott. Yeah, uh, well, one of them was technically from July, <laughs> but it was from the Philippines, and someone had to tell us it was there. Yeah. Which, by the way, we say this every once in a while. Guys, we can't check everything. So if you write us a review, you got, and it's not like in the U.S. or the U.K. store, you kind of have to tell us to look. Uh, so this was from the Philippines. It was from Make Mine DC, and the review from the 31st of July reads, I love DC and the DCEU. I really love how they get to the point, but it's effing awesome how they get excited about the stuff I get excited about. I needed that. Awesome. Uh, the review was entitled, DC Podcast So Sweet You'll Get Diabetes. Five stars. <laughs> well, we certainly hope we don't cause that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we got a review from India. This is our first review from India, Scott. Like, I've never gotten a review from India up to this point for our show. I was really surprised about that. Well, okay. Well, we'll stop keeping the people's suspense. Just read it. Yes. Okay. So, and this is from R. Panth 2011, and it's titled A Balanced Podcast. A podcast which gives you the insight into DC Films, which provides all the latest news related to DC Films and also verifies all the sources showcasing their veracity. Your efforts are commendable and your opinions are interesting. I hope WB continues to make films and the hosts continue their work. Well, we certainly hope so, too. Yeah, so do we. <laughs> if they stop making films, we're in trouble. <laughs> then I have to go back to like that, that like that, uh, that accounting podcast. Just that just doesn't quite have the the, the market that this one does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our next review comes from Michael. Um, would you say Cassio? That's we'll, so we'll with Cassio. Okay, called Great Podcast in a world full of unintelligible criticism and quote review. I'm happy to listen to a podcast that follows the news of DC films and does a wonderful job of breaking down the tea from the fake and gives us a clear snapshot of what's really going on. Keep up the good work, fellas. Awesome. Thank you. And then we have our fourth is from At It's Rainy Out, titled Wow. I've been subscribed for a few months now. I love your guys' insights and views on a DCEU films. However, your most recent episode regarding the Fox Disney deal is your best episode. The way you guys broke down the deal made for a very educational episode and just a good listen overall. Well, thank you. Uh, please make an effort to do more episode on industry game-changing news. Well, we always try to cover it when that happens, and this one was a little bit out of our wheelhouse, but I mean, it was certainly extremely important, obviously, for the industry. So uh, you'll always get that from us. Absolutely. And then we have another one from the Philippines. And this one's from Neo Bryce, who actually to was the one who told us, hey, check Philippines. And that's when we found the old one. <laughs> yeah. And this one's from October. It's called Insightful Yet Positive, five stars. It's so awesome that I found this podcast. Thanks, Tim and Scott and guest people for spreading the love for the DCEU and other DC property. It kind of hurts when I hear people crap on something I love, and it feels good when people share it. Hashtag Unite the League. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much, guys. And 
uh, Scott, how many are we away now? Five. It's five away? Are we five away? I don't know. You'd ask a question like that before I had a chance to do like do the research. Yeah, we're five away. We, we are five away. Because we did a giveaway last week. Yeah, we, we did a giveaway. Yep. So we're five away. So if you feel like we deserve it, leave us a five-star written review or a positive written review, however you want to do it, on iTunes, and you'll automatically be entered into a DC trade paperback, $15 or less. All right, Scott, let's get on to the news. All right. So I'm not sure if you guys heard, but the, there was a, the petition, the release, the Snyder petition was reportedly hacked. Um, that was interesting. I got the email about that. So, uh, but now supposedly everything's back to normal. Uh, didn't affect the signatures. The, the, the petition didn't go away, but there was just this really cryptic message that was posted that said victory. And we we're all like, what you talking about? <laughs> and then the owner of the petition later came back and said, yeah, I got hacked. Somebody screwed with us. Nothing's really happened. So, okay. So goes the news. So goes the news. That's all we have to say about that, right? Isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I did see this one and I immediately thought of you, Scott, because there was a potential artwork for the Blu-ray Steelbook release of Justice League. Uh, and this is a, it looks like a Jim Lee artwork, right? I think that is actually Jim yeah, Lee. Yeah, it does look Jim Lee, even though it looks a little less detailed than I'm used to seeing from Jim Lee. Yeah. But uh, so it's kind of continuing the trend that we saw with um, at least some of the DCEU ones where it, it actually looks like, uh, it, it. well, it's actually comic book art for the Steelbook. Yeah, this looks matches up with the Man of Steel and BVS Steelbook releases that came out around Halloween. Right, right. And so I immediately kind of thought to myself, because I remember you saying that you probably were not going to pick up this Blu-ray. <laughs> but then I kind of thought, well, you know, when I once I saw this artwork, because this artwork is pretty badass. It is. If they decide to go with this, and I think later on, Warner Brothers had notified, it was comicbook.com that first published this. They had notified them that the Amazon.com artwork is unofficial. Uh, but it's a pretty cool picture. Like, if this was the artwork for the Blu-ray Steelbook, would you buy this? Would you buy Justice League? What matters to me is what's on the disc on the inside. It's what's on the inside that counts, Tim. <laughs> Uh, which is obviously true for both of our wives <laughs> because they married us. <laughs> oh, 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 no, I do not. No, I do not want to sleep on the couch. <laughs> no, I'm talking about they looked at what's on inside for us. Oh, that, oh no, no, that's very true. <laughs> that, yes. Yes. Uh, no, but I mean, it's pretty cool. And I'm kind of wondering, like, I mean, this is distinctly, this was drawn based on the Justice League costumes. So I kind of wonder if this is maybe just like a little speck that's thrown out there to like say, hey, this is what it could be. Well, the, something that made me question it was because they said this was posted on Amazon Amazon, but these steel books are always been Best Buy exclusives. Yeah. So that w- that made me kind of go. Hmm. Oh, and uh, it is Jim Lee, by the way. I can actually see it in the bottom right. Ah, yeah, I see it too. So anyway, so so pretty cool. I I do like that cover. I would I would maybe go in for the steel book on that one. I'm not a steel book collector, but I I might pick that one up because that's a, that's a pretty cool cover. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy right now with my pre order of Blade Runner. Well, then let's move on to some Shazam news. Apparently, filming is set to begin in early 2018 at Pinewood Toronto Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh. The the, uh, the studios has doubled in size. I'm not surprised when you start hearing about the fact that Suicide Squad and It and apparently the TV show Titans will be filming there. They've added about like 96,000 square feet of space uh, uh, by the end of 2019. And so, hey, I mean, first it was Vancouver, now it's Toronto. It's like, yeah. I mean, It looks fantastic. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm really, I'm still getting intrigued by this Titan series. Uh, so yeah. I'm cool. I'm, I'm glad that Shazam's filming there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's 
it's and I think you're just kind of seeing uh, how would you best kind of describe it? I mean, this is kind of like almost kind of like a new line approach uh, to, you know, try to cut down some of the production costs and all that. And a, a production like this, which feels like it can very comfortably be filmed in a smaller studio. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of this kind of thing from Warner Brothers. Well, it's kind of like why Marvel Studios is basically headquartered outside of Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it's same same principle. You know, go where you get the tax breaks. Right. Zachary Levi has uh, apparently seen the Shazam costume, uh, which is a surprise to nobody. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, I'm not shocked at all. Yeah. In other news, water, wet. All this was is uh, Zach had responded to uh, a fan who asked a question, you know, have you seen what this Shazam costume looks like? And uh, he just said, yep. No, no. He, I believe his response was, yup. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so that's kind of cool. Like, that's going to be like such a big reveal. Like, when we finally get that, because there's so many questions about what, what that costume is going to look like. Is it going to be very, like, New 52'd? Or is it going to be a lot more classic? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Either. But in terms of, like, what Sandberg was kind of recommending, uh, this was something that you had talked about as well. Oh, yeah. Um, when someone asked about, you know, you know what's the good, rec- uh, good Shazam read? And Sandberg said, a great sampler. And then he showed a picture of the Shazam celebration of 75 years, which I know for a fact I have mentioned at least once, if not two or three times on this show. As a, if you want, if you want to get some Shazam, read Celebration of 75 Years. Great, great stories from across the history. Yeah. Those Celebration of 75 Year collections are really nice. Yeah, they are. They're really good. Uh, we got some more casting news. Now, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, Cooper Andrews, who actually is portraying Jerry, who is a, a Kingdom loyalist on The Walking Dead, he's actually coming on board to be part of this film as well. I have an image of him here in the notes. Any any thoughts about who he might be playing? Uh, I've actually heard that he's going to be playing the foster dad. Okay, that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. He's kind of got that look. So, c- because basically all the casting we that they've been announcing has been basically all the foster kids who conceivably could become, you know, the Marvel family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've heard he's going to be the foster dad. Okay, I could definitely buy that. I think this is going to be a really cool, this is going to be a really cool element of this film, like, you know, to basically have uh, these foster kids really part of this and they're going to be like, you know, they're going to be friends with Billy and, you know, they're going to obviously going to play a pretty large part in this film as well, which I think it's just going to be really cool. I, I think that's a, that's, I think this is going to be like a great type of setting that you normally don't see. Well, I think you're going to get Suicide Squad level diversity going yes. here. I mean, because you've got, you've got the, you've got the uh, more Asian descent. You've got some Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. You've got the typical you know, sort of white. Yeah, you've got um, I mean, Cooper looks, I mean, he looks maybe Polynesian or... Yeah, I, I was thinking Polynesian. Uh, but so, you know, the way that Suicide Squad really appealed to a diverse audience, which really helped, uh, you know, build its box office, I feel like you're going to get the same thing, but just with a younger demographic for Shazam. Yeah, cool. Uh, we, we should start seeing something here real soon, man. Like, we'll start seeing some kind of set reports. I mean, I guess we did uh, not set reports, but just like maybe some set photos and that kind of thing. And we actually got our very, I guess you would call it the first one from Asher Angel himself. Uh, the boy who's going to be playing Billy Batson. He released an, an image and it's an internal image and it looks like looks like a little bit of a set. And I'm trying to think of what we're actually seeing here. But basically you just see the lights inside like a small little studio here. And he actually calls it the set. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's like, you know, the one thing I'm still waiting here is I still want to know who gets cast as the wizard. Mm, yeah, that's that's some casting. I, I'm still waiting for some confirmation about Savannah and I want to know about the wizard. Yeah. Those are my those are the two. It's like, give me those now. Oh, please let it be Mark Strong for Savannah. Please let it be Mark Strong for Savannah. Yeah. Please. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Well, um, today, as we're, as of recording, which is Friday, a Bright, the new David Ayer film, dropped on Netflix, which, by the way, I will be watching as soon as Tim, you know, lets me stop recording. 
and uh, can't wait to see that. But he was ha- but David Ayer was having an interview with Collider, and they were asking him some questions. Uh, one of the first questions was that they they basically did a whole interview on Bright, and then at the end, kind of led off with a couple of Twitter questions. And one of them was about, you know, what's up with Gotham City Sirens? And he just very casually just said, it's in development. I mean, I mean, literally, if you watch the interview, that's literally all he said. That's l- that's literally words all he said. And super quick, super casual, he didn't dwell on it at all. And just to be clear, Scott, how, how many DCEU films have we heard are in development right now? I have lost count. Of <laughs> it's how probably many about we've 50. Heard. I mean, maybe not quite that many, but I mean, just because somebody says it's in development doesn't mean it's like an act of development. There's lots of things in development, so, but we'll see, you know, I mean, we do know that David Ayer, like, his next project is not going to be, it's not going to be a film, it's actually going to be a TV show, and I can't remember what network it was going to be on, but uh, that's the very next thing he's going to work on right now. Yeah, but he also said in an interview with Entertainment Tonight that he loves comic book IPs, he's a comic geek, he was saying that he still loves Warner Brothers and he would definitely go back, so, uh, no bridges burned, apparently, there. And then, kind of briefly talking about maybe some movies, some TV mixture. Uh, Mark Guggenheim, who of course is uh, you know the, one of the showrunners for Arrow, was doing an interview at Ace Comic Con, and he brought up a couple of interesting things. Apparently, DC has plans for the question. Nice, because yeah, I know. I'm like, please. Um, and he, apparently, Guggenheim said, "quote I always bring him up. I always feel like that character would be a great fit with the tone of Arrow." I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's not our characters; it's DC characters, and they've got other plans for the question. And then when the interviewer was trying to get details, he was like, I don't know what the plans are, but clearly they do have plans. Otherwise, we'd be using him. So, and then that was kind of the same thing where uh, the news broke out that now Deathstroke has been taken off the board because in that same interview, Guggenheim said, for a time, DC was saying, you can't use Deathstroke. And then that changed and we were able to have Slade Wilson back on the show. And now we're back at, you can't use him. (sighs) That's so disappointing. And I thought we moved past this. Uh, that's what I thought, too. I kind of felt like they were comfortable with having properties appear in a couple different places. But maybe this is this might be another one where, you know, this just could st- strictly be actor related. You know, for them to get a certain actor to agree to play a certain role, like they may be demanding that they're the only one playing the role. Because I, I, I always kind of felt like that was the case with Will Smith in Deadshot. Yeah, but do you think that's the way with Joe Manganiello versus uh, Manu Bennett? But you know what? I'm, as much as it hurts me... Like, for right now, Manu Bennett got a great two-parter in season six. I don't need him back this season as much as I, because that was an awesome two-parter. And it washed the the taste of the return from season three out of my mouth. Yeah. So I'm happy with what I got left with right now. Yeah. Uh, I want to kind of dial back on the question. And I, I have oh, a question please for do. you. I have a question okay. for you about the question. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to the character, are you a Vic Sage question or are you a Renee Montoya question? I'm a Vic Sage question. I am as well. Simply because my true experience for the question is from Justice League Unlimited. Okay, yeah. Especially that, that technically the second season, uh, but that whole Cadmus arc and it and he was uh, voiced by Jeffrey Combs. Oh, like that's the version of the character that I fell in love with. Yeah, and the other thing too, like I mean, I, I had no problem with like Renee playing the role, but I just kind of felt like the 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 costume was just doesn't fit well, you know, with a female character. Like I feel like the costume fits very well if it's a male character, and I I kind of felt like well, you know, if you're gonna do something interesting with Renee's character and like have her take on some kind of other persona, like I wish they would have like picked something that looked different than trying okay. to pull off the same thing. So that that's just a that's just a quibble. 
well, I have for the most part. But I mean, I, I mean, I go back to the Vic Sage question. Like, that's what I've enjoyed. Now, I have to ask you, did you ever read the Denny O'Neill run on the question book? I've heard about this run, oh, yeah. but I've never read it. Oh, yeah, it's really good. What, it's really good. Like, it, 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 is, it a, it, is it a must read, Tim? Um, I think we'll have to defer to Brent on that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'll have to check, ba- you know, touch base with him on that. Okay, thanks. Um, but yeah, like all of them are really good. Like, I, I, I've just always really enjoyed the character. He's just such a bizarre, like, interesting. Well, I mean, he's the prototype for Rorschach. He really is, yeah. So that's what makes him interesting to me yeah. is because he's that soup. He's he's the detective, but at least in this more modern interpretation, that super paranoid. Like he sees conspiracies everywhere, and it's kind of cool when he right. Yeah, yeah. Like I've always enjoyed the the conspiracy type of character. Like even when Batman kind of like became the paranoid Batman, I just really enjoyed like that that like era of Batman the most. Like I really enjoyed that back with the the whole thing that happened with Identity Crisis and OMAC Project. Like I it it was so interesting to me. So yeah, I hate I, I, as much as I was okay with a lot of the new Fifty Two. I hated what Two did to the question. So I've really been wanting him to come back in Rebirth and be Vic Sage yep. and get rid of that whole Trinity of Sin version yeah, of the right. question that we had. Right. Right. Yeah. I I liked the lot more grounded level question. So Scott, I mean, so we knew tonight was going to be a pretty quick episode here. So I threw something out on Twitter and I said, Hey guys, we're about ready to record. Uh, you know, I'm going to take some questions here. And I haven't seen these questions, so this is going to be like, ooh. There's a bunch. Let me let me just do a couple quick things here and see if we got any last minute ones. Live updates, huh? Okay, I got them. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to have to go to my Twitter account. It's just the last several questions that I liked. So let me pull this up. It's going to be so intriguing where I don't even I don't even know what the questions are. The suspense is killing. Okay. Hit me with your best shot. Okay, the first question comes from Carlos DM. And the question is, will there be a Superman appearance in the Shazam franchise, either as a mentor to Billy or antagonist for Black Adam. Hmm. I'm hoping. I, I don't know if there will be. I'm hoping for one as a mentor because I'm gonna be honest. I love the Superman Shazam Return of Black Adam animated short. Yeah. And that totally worked for me. So I'm hoping so. At least as a hey kid, what you doing? Yeah. I, I I would I would like to see it too, but I would like it to only happen at the very end of the film. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I just don't. I, I don't want to, the whole property to be overshadowed by Superman. I want, you know, because I think they could really do something interesting with Shazam. I mean, I just think there's there's so much potential to kind of tell a unique unique superhero story. And uh, I, I don't want that to be, like, burdened with, you know, having to, like, slide it into the DCEU and have, like, a Superman in it. But, you know, at the very end, I mean, I would definitely like it. Like, if, if oh, you know, as a if, final if, scene, you know, there's Henry Cavill coming in. Oh, in a connected in a connected universe, do I mind a cameo at the end of the movie? Like, right before credits? Heck yeah! I love it. Yeah. So, I, I don't think he will be in it, but I would like to see it. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Next question. Uh, from Adam Stabelli asks, do you think that Warner Brothers will eventually make another Justice League movie in the future after the dust has settled? Um, do you think they're going to make another Justice League film in the future? In the, f- if you don't, <laughs> if you don't put it, if you don't give me a time frame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- they're obviously going to make another one at some point. I mean, this, okay, let's, let's go back to the, the business side of things for the studio. Warner Brothers has identified three main silos that they basically made independent of each other within Warner Brothers so that they can really focus on those properties. Uh, one of them was a Harry Potter franchise. The, the second one was the Lego, uh, I guess Lego franchise, basically yes. revolved around the Lego film, Lego Batman, wh- whatever else might be coming. Ninjago. Yeah, yeah jo- Ninjago, right. And then the third major franchise is DC Films. Like that is going to be a major revenue driver for Warner Brothers. And you got to remember, Warner Brothers is kind of like, 
Warner Brothers is kind of like what Fox is with two different studios. Where you know you have Fox proper, and then you have Fox Searchlight. Warner Brothers wants to obviously make money. They want to have some big tentpole films that are going to make some money, but they also want to be like a a, a destination place for a lot of more auteur directors to go. And so they're not they're never going to abandon this big potential that they have with the DC IP. So yeah, there will be another Just League film, and I and I'm betting it'll be probably after maybe about four or five films I think we'll get another one okay next question alright and the next question comes from Freakbase and Freakbase asks it feels like Warner Brothers is business plans as usual as far as future DC movies go even with disappointment of Justice League am I reading that right I, I think it, what it basically is they've got three movies that are already in pre-production or production that they're not hitting the brakes on right and but you notice that nothing else is solid after everything is just quote in development so I think business as usual is whatever's going on we don't know about it but these three movies are going to get made I mean Aquaman's in post-production Shazam's about to start production and nothing's going to stop them from making Wonder Woman 2 no uh, I'm curious or what Suicide Christmas Squad 2 we'll see about that one I'm curious about to see what Chris McKay is, is referring to when he says that he's going to have some Nightwing news come February mm-hmm. I'm very curious about what that's going to be uh, but you notice how everything's gone kind of quiet except for the three movies that we absolutely know are getting made because they have release dates and they're sure things. They're either sure things or they're already well into production. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, when I look at this thing and if you just take the statement, is it business as usual? Well, I don't know if it's completely business as usual. I mean, they're, they're going to be making adjustments. They're going to be planning things out a little bit better. Uh, obviously, they're probably in search for some new like executive to take over DC films, you know, after moving John Berg out. Doing who knows what with Jeff Johns. Yeah, uh, I, I would say moving Jeff and John out. So, you know, so they're you're we're not going to be hearing anything publicly like they're not in a position where they can tell us publicly what they're thinking but this is this is such an important business for them that decisions they make this year are going to affect whether they're profitable two or three years from now and so they're not going to abandon developing things there's a lot of things they're developing and i think they're just going to be a little bit more cautious about what they go forward with and hopefully hopefully they are more willing to kind of like let the dates float a little bit more and not be so locked into a rigid schedule that they can get the film right before they put it out. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Next question. All right. This is from Let's Get Handsy on Twitter. And Let's Get Handsy says, hey, who would you want as the head of the DCEU? And I think later on he said, you know, uh, other than Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, I, I don't know because I don't know who I don't know who their who their pool is. Yeah. You know, I was kind of OK with the idea of Jeff Johns only because I love his stuff as a writer. But that doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily know that I don't know if that means he makes a good film executive or not. Yeah. You know, so I got nothing because I don't I don't worry about the executive. I just worry about I worry about the talent. Well, that's just it for me. I, I can tell you I, I can't give you a name, but I can tell you the type of person I want. I want somebody that wants to do something greater than what the other studios are doing now with the superhero genre. Like I want somebody that is trying to just not put out the same type of film. Like I want I want me personally, I want somebody that's gonna take some risks which is what I felt like Warner Brothers has done up to this point. Like, I kind of felt like, you know, they've taken risks with these properties. I want somebody that does that. And if they need to have a little bit tighter control and maybe have a little bit more control about how this fits into the overall, like, kind of shared universe, I think that's fine. Because I feel like that might, 
might be the one thing that they're kind of lacking. But like once they have all those those little kind of like guardrails in place about what you can and can't do with these films, I want somebody that's just going to help embrace people to take chances with these things so that we so we get those special moments so that we get those special films. Like I don't ever, ever want to lose that. And that's the kind of person that I hope they bring in. Next question. All right. Next question. This is from George and it's at Krypton's Codex. George asks, are you more excited for Aquaman or Shazam? Do you think the tone will be dark considering both movies are being made by horror movie directors? I don't think Aquaman's going to be dark at all. And I don't think Shazam's going to be dark. No. It's weird. I almost feel like I'm more excited for Shazam just because Sandberg has made me excited. So I think think I'm actually more excited for Shazam, to be honest with you. Even though there's a lot of cool stuff in Aquaman to be excited about. Yeah, and I think just because somebody has done primarily, uh, you know, like, say, horror-type films, that doesn't mean their next film is going to be a horror-type film. I mean, some of these guys really put a lot of value in kind of jumping genres. And, I mean, James Wan has already done that. James Wan just did, uh, what was it? I don't know the Furious films, but the one that... I think he did seven. This, he did seven, the one that Paul Walker died during the production of, yes, I think. Yeah. It, so that's obviously not a horror film. So, you know, I, I, I don't think at all... Like, I have no reason to believe either one of these guys are doing anything that would make you kind of feel like this was a horror type film. I mean, this is not a horror genre. <laughs> and so like if, you know, they're doing a superhero genre, they're going to be trying to tell a superhero story. You know, they were doing horror films because that was the genre they were working in. So yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to be anything really dark with either one of these films. I, I think, you know, I think there'll be some dark elements. Like I'm really excited about the stuff we heard last week about the way James Wan was kind of looking at the antagonist of the film. That's what I'm, I'm hoping we see some, you know, I hope to see a very conflicted uh, type of villain in the film, but I, I don't think it's going to be anything dark, quite honestly. And Shazam, I'm just looking forward to that whole magic of the kid turning it here. The whole wish fulfillment yes. uh, aspect of Shazam is what's got me tickled pink about it, and that's what I want to see. Plus, I do enjoy Zachary Levi, so yeah. seeing him playing a big kid, you know, I'm grinning right now just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Yeah, it's. I think it's just going to be it's going to be a fun film and and fun and fun where it, it it should be fun. Like that's the type of film it should be fun is something like that. All right. Uh, Joseph Golden asks, how do you guys think the DCEU will introduce the Legion of Doom moving forward after Justice League? And which villains do you want to see in the Legion besides Deathstroke or Lex Luthor? Well, I think they're going to slowly just introduce the Legion of Doom through subsequent films is my guess. Yeah, I plan on Black Mana being there. Yeah, yeah. Black Mana. I mean, obviously Deathstroke has already been teased. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping for Cheetah because I hope Cheetah's in Wonder Woman 2. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be interesting because if, and I'm not even sure if we have any better indication about what the time frame is of Wonder Woman 2 but you know if there is you know like I don't I don't even know if we will necessarily in the main film of Wonder Woman 2 get the film we're eventually going to get teased like it might be one of those like kind of post credit type of scenes yeah I don't know so that's and I'm still hoping for like I feel like you need to have at least one villain from each hero get represented right I think so that well it's it's the anti-justice league I mean that's really what you're trying to do right exactly so you get Lex Luthor for Superman you'd have Deathstroke for I'm guessing super for Batman you know you get Black Manor for Aquaman you'd get Cheetah for Wonder Woman you know I'd hope for like a Captain Cold mm-hmm, right you know for for Flash and for Cyborg who knows because Cyborg really doesn't have a rose gallery <laughs> yeah so well I mean uh, well yeah who knows that's a tough one I Cyborg you're right Cyborg just doesn't have like a classic type of villain set no I mean th- you'd have to go really recent and do something like Grid right to, to create you know a a, a an anti an anti cyborg. So you know that's what I mean. But you know what? It's not unheard of because they actually used Grid and Injustice. 
Justice 2. And Grid wasn't introduced, I think, until uh, Forever Evil uh, when he joined the crime syndicate for uh, for that New 52 event. So, I mean, it's not like they're, they're, they've shied away from using brand new characters in these kind of properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, who else might we see, like, even beyond that? I really don't really think it's going to go bigger than that. I think you get a one-for-one. One. I really do feel like you get a one-to-one, and they kind of stop there. I really do think that's what they do. Right. Well, but there might be there might be somebody that's just not tied to any particular villain. I don't know. I don't see it happening, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, so I th- I, I think we agree. That's We both agree on this. It'll, that's kind of how it'll play out. It'll just be introduced in each subsequent film. Next question. Okay, so the next question comes from Brandon J. Brandon asked, not sure if it's a question or a statement that I want you all to comment on, but I think Man of Steel 2 needs to be the movie that sets up Justice League 2. Need to introduce a threat that Superman can't handle alone, and the League comes to help. Uh, and he basically says, thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm going to be the thumbs down only because I want Man of Steel 2 to be Superman's movie. Yeah, I mean, I, so I think when you when you, when you you talk about it like that, I do want Man of Steel to be kind of a self-contained story so that it's a Superman story. Does it need to set up Justice League 2? I mean, I think you could set it up kind of the same way I felt like Justice League set up the Legion of Doom or in Justice League, whatever we're going to call it. I think as long as you do it like that, like I still get that that fun, connected moment, like, oh, this is part of something greater, like this is going somewhere. Like I, I kind of feel like that is all kind of maintained in the shared universe in the, in the film in such a way that it doesn't detract from what they're trying to do in the film. No, and, and that's okay with me. Like I would prefer it not be at end credit sequences. I'd like it to be more like Wonder Woman's photograph in BVS that set up Wonder Woman. Like that's the kind of yes. connective tissue setup that I would like. That's what I like too. And those credits such great moments. And you know, I will say like the whole thing in Batman v Superman, or no, the whole thing in Wonder Woman where she finally gets that kind of like, is it a lithograph? Is that the right? She gets the plate of the film that Bruce Wayne found. Yeah, she gets the plate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was such a touching moment because like, I mean, because that was really the first time in probably a hundred years she had seen an image of him. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you get such a great moment that was created for that film and that story for Diana as Wonder Woman, that little connective tissue created from Batman v Superman. So I agree with you. I like I like the real subtle elements that don't really drive the story in a direction that it doesn't want to go. Okay. Next question. The next question comes from Planet G. Planet asks, do you see any comparisons between Batman v Superman and The Last Jedi in terms of the way critics are trying to justify their views on certain story beats? You'll have to speak to this one. I haven't paid attention to what the critics have said about Last Jedi. So I just saw the movie. But what I am seeing is a disparity between what the critics think and what the general audience is saying. Mm-hmm. In both films. Like with, in both films. Like with BVS, it was uh, overwhelmingly negative critically with a divided fan reaction. What I'm seeing from The Last Jedi is overwhelmingly positive critical reviews with a divided fan reaction. And 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 kind of in the same way where you've got hard... Like with BVS, you had some old school hardcore DC fans who didn't like the take on the characters and the story. And then you had more, you know, you had more people like us who really dug it. And then you get Last Jedi, which I can't really speak to what everyone else is thinking. Literally, my pool of people's reaction is me and my two friends who we geek out about Star Wars together. And like, we're hardcore Star Wars nerds. And our reactions to the movie. I haven't listened to anybody's reviews. Sorry, Brent and Ray. I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, but uh, but I, I haven't listened to what other people have to say about the film. But it's been very divisive. You know, I can say that I enjoyed the film overall, but I have my problems with it. But my problems are outweighed by the parts of the movie that I actually enjoy. But yet, 
I'm looking at the critical reaction and they're like just wetting themselves for how much they love it. And it's like, eh, I didn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm hoping to maybe see it over break here. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, I'm real curious because, you know, when I see when I see critics kind of fawning over themselves over a film that makes me nervous. But then when I also see an audience score that is very conflicted about a film, that actually kind of gives me hope. <laughs> so so I'm not really sure what to think about this film. Like, I, you know, because like uh, if, if you see an audience that's very conflicted, like we saw with Batman v Superman, well, that's 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 easily rationalized in this kind of a genre because it's, you know, we already know that people have a lot of preconceived notions about what they want from, you know, the main characters, uh, Batman, Superman, that kind of thing. So like you're going to get people that like and don't like basically because of that. And uh, and if it's a it's a film that's trying to do something more than just be uh, a, a popcorn type film for me, those tend to get a lot more kind of a mixed reaction from the fans. And so so I don't know. So when I when I see the mixed score, I'm like, OK, this I might get something very interesting out of this film. I don't know. I'm, but I'm going to reserve judgment myself until I see it. Right. I, I, you're you're going to see Last Jedi and then we're going to have to talk about yes, it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a special episode on it. Next question. Okay. This comes from Eli Hernandez. Eli asks, out of all those films, DC Films had planned to film in the future, which one do you think won't get to see the light of day? Cyborg, unfortunately. Yeah, I, yes, yes. That's the only one. And I think I, I think it'll I think Cyborg will be repackaged as like a, a like a Cyborg Flash film is my guess. Okay. I don't I, I I don't see that, but all right. Um I'm still shocked they're still talking about just like dark to be honest. I'm I'm still I'm still surprised that's on the slate. With with other films that I feel like would be more short thing. No, don't take that wrong. I want to see the Justice League Dark film. Absolutely. But I'm still surprised to keep on seeing that one popping up. Well, has Justice League Dark been announced up until recently? Like had it officially been announced up until the Brazil panel. I don't remember if it was on the, co- the San Diego slate or not. That I cannot remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was. Okay. but So I, I was kind of going back to what the original slate was, because uh, the out of the original slate, the only two films that we're kind of not talking about is Cyborg and Justice League 2 at this point. Yeah. Everything else is it's still still there, according to what still we Still there, heard. and Green Lantern, even Green Lantern Corps keeps on getting brought up. Yeah. So. Well, and Green Lantern became Green Lantern Corps, and Flash became Flashpoint. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're evolving uh, what they're deciding to do with these films, and I and I think the same will happen with the cyborg film. Like they may end up packaging it with something else, or maybe it becomes like a precursor to an offshoot, like a Titans group or something. We don't know. Although I would say Cyborg is pretty firmly entrenched in the Justice League at this point. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Next question. The next question is from Aaron Wachowiak, and Aaron asks, "Do you think the Court of Owls will ever make it to the big screen? Uh, it could. Mm, it could. It could, but it only." ever be in a distinctly solo Batman film. Yes, absolutely. And I think it would probably be a one-off, whatever it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I just hope they do it a lot better than Gotham did. <laughs> and maybe, because maybe if they actually did something closer to Scott Snyder's and Greg Capullo's original vision of the Court of Owls, I think that would make a great one-off movie. Mm-hmm. I really do. Now, will we see it? I don't know, but man, would I love to see Matt Reeves' take on it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you, Scott, do you kind of feel like what Ra- Matt Reeves is kind of setting up right now? Now, do you think it's he's setting up something in mind so that he could easily transition into a sequel or a trilogy? Like, I think so. Because I, I mean, because it was the whole Chris Nolan thing. Chris Nolan, if you go by what he says, he says he was never thinking about a sequel or like this being part of a trilogy. He was kind of taking it one film at a time. Uh, I I think so. Just based on Matt Reeves' history with uh, the Apes movies, and I'm sorry, those Apes are fantastic that he did. So I'm I'm still excited about what his Batman's going to be like. Yep. Okay. All right. Carter Smith asks, do 
you rock or do you roll or do you do both? What do you do, Scott? Uh, I'm a little bit more rock, a little less roll. <laughs> okay. I rock and roll, but I'm very heavy alternative. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what you're going for, Carter, there. Maybe I'm missing uh, uh, some kind of pulp culture, pulp, pop culture reference. Apparently, you're also missing the pronunciation of the word. So, <laughs> right. Know. Or he's just being a smart aleck. It, it could be, and I appreciate it's that. It's called actually, sarcasm. I actually respect that. So uh, let's see. Brad Curran asks, after Ben Affleck's latest Batman comments, there are new rumors uh, that he and Henry Cavill will be renewing their contracts in January. Thoughts? I prefer not to speculate. I, I, I can't now. Well, I'll speculate. You'll speculate? You go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and speculate here. So I don't think Ben Affleck is ever going to extend or try to renew or you know sign on to do any further portrayals of Batman or Bruce Wayne. I don't think that's going to happen personally. I think Henry Cavill uh, definitely would entertain it and would be willing to do it. So that's my guess. Like, I think Henry Cavill likes playing Superman. I think he realizes, like, you know, he can really own this character. He seems, he's always seems to be genuinely excited about playing it. Uh, ben Affleck has almost been quite the opposite. Even though I think he owned the character, like, I just don't see any kind of excitement from him in continuing on doing this. I think he's over it. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, Mar, Mar from Twitter asks, after having seen Barry and Justice League, do you still want Flashpoint to be his first solo? I love the story arc. Don't get me wrong, but I personally would like to see him develop more on his own before throwing him in another ensemble. I agree with Mar. I would agree. I agree as well. I agree. Yeah. I don't understand the idea of Flashpoint being his first solo movie. While I understand the idea of Flashpoint being a story about a Flash who's younger, so he'd make a rookie mistake like, let me completely try to change the timeline. Mm-hmm. I Because I never felt that jived well with an older Barry. Uh, I still don't want the next Flash. I don't want the Flash solo movie to be Flashpoint. I want it to be a Flash solo movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always kind of felt like if they're worried about the general audience being confused about uh, like even the new gods or anything kind of complicated I kind of felt like Flashpoint would be ultra uh, confusing to a general audience even though we're, we're doing kind of like light versions of Flashpoint on TV I mean it's such a small audience that's even watching that I kind of feel like even if we get Flashpoint like it's not going to be the storyline from the comic books I think they're just kind of loosely using that name I think it will tell a story along the same lines but I don't think we're going to get the crazy you know all the different versions of the characters like Wonder Woman and Aquaman and, you know, the Batman, all the variations in it. That's just way too complicated a story to tell in one film. So I, I think me personally, when I hear Flashpoint, I take it as that's just kind of like a working title of the idea of Barry going back and trying to do something that kind of messes up time. That's the way I see it. I don't see it being this big, all-encompassing, big storyline like what we got in the comics. Like, I don't see that happening at all. Yeah, but then it's also why use that name if you're not going to do that story? That's my problem. Which, uh, Jamie at uh, Jamie over in Holy Backcast, I I I stand with you, sir. That is exactly the same point I want to make. Mm-hmm. So he's Jamie feels the same way then. Oh, absolutely. That's the drum he's been beating. Yeah, I don't want them to try to tell a big, complicated story. Quite honestly. So I and so Mar, I also agree with you. I I don't think that should be. If you kind of take what Flashpoint is, I don't think that should be the first storyline coming out. Like I would just like a general just Flash film. You know, just something maybe just kind of early on, just like learning how to use his powers. Uh, you know, just uh, some early kind of adventures but you know we just have to sit back I mean maybe they have a really good vision about what they're trying to do with this thing and it might knock our socks off I just I don't know at this point but 
I'll, I'll reserve judgment, obviously, until I see what they do. Awesome. Next question. Cyber One, Neo Bryce asks, as podcasters yet super fans of DC, do you personally get pissed off when seeing hate directed towards anything DC? If so, is it hard for you to keep it in? Stay warm, y'all. Oh, man. Do we get pissed off? Yeah. <laughs> you better can believe we do. <laughs> Uh, yes, we get pissed off all the time. It's so frustrating. It's actually kind of the reason this podcast started in the first place. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, we were we loved Man of Steel, and we were so sick and tired of crap on it. So, so yeah, because what started this podcast two and a half years ago? It is, it is. I mean, and it wasn't just like, it wasn't just critics of DC. It was like even people that were DC fans that kind of had a forum to talk about it. Like, I, me personally, I, I can't speak for Scott on this, but I was getting really frustrated because I just... I wanted to listen to a show like what we're doing. Like, that's what I wanted to listen to. And I was really frustrated because I couldn't even get that. Like, I couldn't find that type of show. And and really, that that literally is what inspired me to want to do this podcast. And I was super fortunate to find Scott, who felt the same way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's hard to keep it in, you know. But at the same time, like, you know, we're going to continue. That's why we also edit it out. <laughs> well, but not just that. I mean, at the same time, I mean, we're pretty positive people in general. I mean, you know, it, it, I kind of look at it like we're just going to be the voice. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat things, but it's like I'm not going to get hung up on stupid crap. And so, like, I'm going to maintain my positivity about, you know, things to come and, you know, what I like and, and what I'm excited uh, to come in DC films and all that. So, uh, you know, the the if we can continue to be that voice, I mean, there's going to be other people that will, you know, join with us in that in with the same type of uh, same type of voice as well. So, OK, next question. This one comes from the Wizard Shazam and Wizard asks, with the state of our nation in this time where education is ridiculed and opinions and wishes are treated as fact while facts are called fake, are men still good? Shazam, I think we're good people. <laughs> men are still good. Men are still good. I, I I will tell you right now, men are still good. <laughs> Regardless of what else is going on out, out, going on out in the world. So Okay, next question. Next one comes from, and I'm just going to say 7 Mill. 7 Mill asks, with the absolute hate that people are having towards Bright, David Ayer's Bright, with some not even seeing it. Do you think David Ayer will direct Gotham City Sirens or be moved along to escape his tension with the fans? It's in development. <laughs> we can we can assure you that Gotham City Sirens <laughs> is in development. David David Ayer has said it himself. <laughs> so, I mean, we already know he's moving on to something uh, TV related, and, and I don't even think it's comic book related. So, he's going to be doing something outside of film. That's the next thing he's working on. So, uh, you know, will he still keep working on developing Gotham City Sirens? I, uh, I apparently so. So, uh, I don't think he's going to leave the genre. I don't think so. No. So, okay. And our last question, cause we had to cut it off. <laughs> so we, we had to cut off the questions cause we started recording. Al Perez asks, what would you say your most valuable collectible would be? comic statue toy and how did you find its value hmm ah uh, hmm last time i checked i think my most valuable collectible would be i do have a first print issue of the batman adventures number 12 oh that was one with harley quinn right that is the first comic appearance of harley quinn okay i have that one as well i've never uh, that one's nor uh, last time i checked on ebay that sucker was north of 300 dollars. oh was it really like okay oh yeah oh yeah um i have mad love a first print of Mad Love, but that's even below, uh, but that's still significantly below Batman Adventures number 12. Okay. So I think that's the most valuable one 
I have. I bought it in a bundle with a whole bunch of run of the animated series tie-in comics. Uh, the next most valuable one that I think I'm aware of is I do have the uh, issue of Green Lantern and Green Arrow. That's the Speedy, my ward is a junkie. I have that <laughs> issue. Okay. Uh, so as far as I'm aware, those are my two most valuable. The That one, just because I, I remember how much I paid for it when I bought it. And then the Batman Adventures number 12, I remember seeing it like generally what it's been issued for on eBay and like what I've seen my comic book store sell it you know behind the counter okay I have no idea what anything's really worth I don't really pay any attention to it uh, I think I think the one that I think is likely worth at least something uh, I've got like Batman number 53 in pretty good condition so this is the one which one's that one I mean this is from the 40s like I think 1949 Batman number 53 it's like if I remember right it's Batman crashing through a door uh, there's a couple of thieves or something stealing something if I remember right or a couple gangsters I, I, I don't totally remember but I think it's got like him with Robin crashing through the door. I've got that one. Uh, what condition would you say? it? Oh, you're looking it up. Yes. Okay. Um, I would say it's in, I would say it's in good to very good condition. So let's say, so when you say good to very good, that means you're below fine. Oh yeah. There's mint, fine, and good. Like good's like the lowest. Wait, there's mint, very fine, and then fine, and then good. Okay. So I am in fine condition. You're in fine condition? Yes. Uh, ooh, then let me see, actually. Uh, I'm so excited. I know. Uh, wow. You got something there because on eBay, someone is selling uh, Batman number 53 from 1949 with a detached front cover and no back cover uh, for $400. With no back cover? With no back cover and a detached front cover. Okay. That's the crappy condition. That's pretty good. And they're doing that. So, like, of course, I don't know, like, if you got an, I, I don't know what an Overstreet would get you. I mean, that's what we really should be checking is what Overstreet would say. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got that. I've got the first appearance of Swamp Thing in pretty good condition. That was like from, what was that tale? You mean from House of Mystery? House of Mystery, yeah. I've got that one. Uh, I've got I've got the one that was really rare. It was the one with Birds of Prey number 19, I think, because the print run was so low. It was like going for like incredible amounts of money at one point. I think it was the one where Dick Grayson as Nightwing was on a trapeze with Barbara Gordon. I have no idea what that one. I think it's like number 19 or 17. Do you know which one I'm referring to? No, actually I don't. Okay. Um, I've got that one i've got i've got so many like i don't even remember yeah i've got some i got i've got some marvel stuff that like i don't even know like like i've got a signed and i have to pull it back out to see who signed it but uh, i have a signed uh copy of the issue where scott summers proposes to gene gray and it's a misprint because her her word balloon for her answer is blank oh okay so i've got something like that like i got some old marvel stuff from the 90s that i don't know how much that's worth because the 90s stuff is starting to come back in value uh so but but the only thing that i definitely like know for certain like that batman adventures number 12 is like my is my high ticket item that i know i have and i know what it, generally what it's worth yeah i mean i've got like when it comes to dc like i i primarily started collecting dc i've got probably about 85 percent of all dc and vertigo from 1980 up until new 52 like i've got <laughs> i've got so many long boxes it's ridiculous um but so i've got tons of stuff in there that in the kind of a modern sense would be worth something to people especially like as a as a group but like if i had oh like i have um i have the one thing oh, 
what is it called? What's the Grant Morrison one that's real? An- uh, Animal Man or? Well, no, no, no. No, there was something that. Well, if you give me some details, I could help you here. It was Vertigo. Vertigo. Grant Morrison. I mean, you got Doom Patrol. You got Animal Man. No, I'm drawing a total blank. Oh. V for Vendetta. That's Alan Moore. Why well, I was saying that's not Grant Morrison. I'm looking it up. Flex Mentallo. Oh, okay. The one I was trying to think of. I've got Flex Mentallo as well. That one I actually had a hard time getting because I didn't pick that one up at the time. All right. Yeah. So, so anyway, I, I would say it's probably just comic books for me. And, and I've got like a ton of old comic books prior to 1980. They were all things that I bought as used. And, and uh, so... I, who knows even what I have anymore? <laughs> I just don't. I I haven't. Uh, like if there's anything I have, like I probably literally haven't pulled it out in about 15 years. <laughs> so all right. Well, I have to tell you this. David Vermouth, 1991, pinged me and he says, oh, "I really want to ask a question." So I go ahead. I went ahead and let him ask a question. So you softy. I am a softy, but this comes at a price. Okay, David, your question is: Would you still buy the Justice League Blu-ray if they don't even fix? Henry Cavill's face, let alone add some of Zach's scenes back in. I've already answered this question. I think if you've listened to Patreon, I answered this question quite emphatically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scott has answered this question. I'll buy it. I'll buy it because I'm a DCEU fan and uh, it's not my favorite film of the DCEU by any means. Uh, but I still really enjoyed some scenes in the film and I, I still maintain the the scene with Superman at the monument with Flash is still one of my greatest, most favorite scenes of all time. No, oh, I'll agree with that statement hands down. So I will I will buy the Blu-ray. Even if I if I hated the film, I would buy the Blu-ray just for that scene. <laughs> um I'll I will wait. I have waited before for other Zack Snyder films. I will wait for this one. Yeah. Now did you see um kind of speaking of something with Warner Brothers, now it just came out and of course I purchased it. Did you did you buy it? No, because for two reasons actually. One, I was gonna kinda wait to see what they did with when part two comes out mm-hmm. and see if they do like a cool little like collection. But I did see that there's going to be that director's cut that's coming out in the spring. So I was very happy that I held off on buying it right now because now I'm just going to wait and get that director's cut when it comes out. Yeah. So I, when I saw them, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I wish they, I wish they would have told us ahead of time. They did actually. They did tell us? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. So yeah, see, this is how I know these things. This is how I knew to wait for Watchmen. Yeah. I, I saw the director of it say that there was going to be a director's cut later on. Okay. Yeah, I didn't catch that part. So I waited. I have patience, Tim. Mm-hmm. Are you sure about that? Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it. It was actually kind of fun to take some questions. We haven't done this in quite a while, and this was a real spur of the moment kind of thing. All right, guys. So that's it for this week's podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love hearing from you, and obviously, you you, you, you let us know what you think, because you asked us some questions tonight. So, of course, you can reach out to us at Suicide Squadcast on Twitter, or you can reach out to me individually at ScottDC27. And then on Twitter, you can reach me at Alan Fire. And of course, you can always email us at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com. And I'm going to spend some of this break answering some emails. So we've got a big backlog. That's a rabbit hole. That's <laughs> a rabbit hole you're about to fall into, sir. Yes. Well, we have a big backlog. Uh, guys, you could also reach us at www.suicidesquadcast.com. So don't hesitate to go to that webpage. You can find our show. You can find all the other shows in our network. You can find the wall of thanks for our patrons that are helping to kind of keep us afloat right now. So And don't forget to check us out at www.patreon.com slash squadcasts media remember five dollars a month will get you an access to that um special rss feed with all the additional material the extra
extra podcast or two, and we we had to reschedule, but we are still the next thing on our to do list is the Man of Steel film commentary. Yes, yes, I am looking forward to that one. I just I still don't know how I like, I've never done a commentary before, so it's, it's gonna be kind of fun. It's really easy. You watch the movie and you talk about it while you watch it. Is that how that works? That's how that works. Okay, it's a good thing you didn't say this after the song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Okay, guys. Well, that's it. You know, thank you for listening as usual. And Scott, what do we always say to our listeners? Keep reading DC. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye. understand how deadlines work i mean seriously i i don't know are you are you like in this whole like millennial thing i mean no you said when we put deadlines we expect stuff to be turned in and here you are like at the last minute thinking that you can just swoop in and get your question into the show and it's only because tim over here is a little softy i'm sorry no i do not believe in that i do not believe in that i believe in deadlines i believe in respecting when we say turn something in before before we get started recording, will you turn it in before we start recording? Yeah, and when you said last minute, it's not even last minute. I mean, the game's over. People have left the stadium. You got people sweeping the stands right now. This is not even last minute. This is well beyond the end of the game, and you're still asking for a question. If we weren't like Asian brothers, David, if you and I weren't sympatico, both being Asian, you you wouldn't have gotten that question in. We'll just leave it at that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm white, and I don't care. So this is for you, David. Yeah, we're still blowing your ass up. Hey, hang on one second. I got to take my pants off. Hang on a sec. I didn't want to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had to do something. I'm like burning up here. My wife, my wife's not feeling good. So she's got the heat cranked up and I'm like burning up underneath the, you know, my desk here uh, where we're recording. And so it's like, okay, I just got to cool off. <laughs> Jeez, I, didn't, I didn't need to know that. Now I have a now I have a certain image in my head that I can't get rid of now. Anyway, I will cut all this out. Um, maybe I don't know. No, I will definitely cut all this out. <laughs>